This podcast is made available by listener donations to Anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thank you for what you are able to donate, and please enjoy the show. What's up, Thank you. 
would rely on video. But many people rely on testimony. And that's where it gets tricky. Because we have so many people that's giving You know? So many people have given testimony over the years saying they had a ship in their backyard were abducted. Uh, they've seen craft. They know of craft. They, they have a friend in the military that works on covering up and uh, airbrushing photos from NASA. You know, and it just goes on and on and on. It just goes on and on and on. So, when it comes to burden of proof, you know, what is the real burden? We don't have much of a burden. We have the proof. We have our witnesses. Our witnesses who testify four times. According to the uh, disclosure project. burden of proof is really on them at this point. They have to prove to us that UFOs don't exist, that aliens don't exist, because uh, it's been happening to us. It's kind of like individuals who, you know, whether whether or not you, you have, you've had a good experience with the vaccine or had a bad experience, there still are individuals who have had bad experiences really bad experiences neurologically and some have died and it's like you can say what you want but these people still have these experiences directly after the shot so you can't tell them that they didn't and you can't tell them they didn't die same way you can't tell people that they didn't have an alien abduction or that they didn't witness a UFO lie down in their backyard. Look at James uh, Peniston, you know, the Air Force security guard um, in England who's written a book who touched a UFO, a triangular UFO that had Egyptian writing on it, or hieroglyphic-like writing, I should say. doesn't necessarily mean it's Egyptian. And he wrote down the symbols. And he had them all in a book. And other individuals witness this at the same time. And that's where it becomes more of a solidified story, where we have multiple individuals who can report the exact same thing. Calvin Parker and his friend, who got abducted in Pascagoula, same thing. The thing about Penniston is, is that he, he had documentation written. You know, he was trained to document 
and he wrote it down in his notebook and still has it all these years later then wrote a book about it and then had some code that was downloaded into his mind from the experience or from the craft whatever the case was that was all binary zeros and ones and when he wrote it down he gave him coordinates on the earth of where well we don't know we believe it's where these these ships were going for some reason whether it was a base or whether they were just visiting but it also stated that these beings were from the year 8100 AD. We're in 2022. These guys are 6,000, you know, 6,080 years more advanced than we are. 6,078 to be exact. You know, I mean, well, actually, this was back in 1980, so 6,050 probably. But yeah, I mean, that's like, that's that's where this proof comes from. It comes from people like you and me, humans. People just living their lives and all of a sudden have an extraordinary experience happen to them and there is nothing that they can do to say that it didn't happen. The government back in the 40s and 50s made everybody feel like they're absolutely cuckoo and nuts for believing in this stuff. And anytime you decide to make something such an ostracizing uh, topic to discuss, People don't want to discuss it because they don't want to be excluded from society. They, we are a societal creature. We are a, a social creature. We want to be accepted. And when we're not accepted, we feel alone, depressed, isolated, and sometimes suicidal. You know, people go to the grave with this stuff. And um, it's really sad. And so it needs to be made aware of, you know, mental health, is being made aware of, it's being taken care of more these days, more accepted. Now we need to change the, the, the uh, narrative on the UFO uh, topic and make that normalized because it's not crazy. And these people have been made to feel like they've been outcasted. They've been marginalized on the sides of society because they had these experiences and they don't know how to deal with them. The only way that they can have anyone really truly understand what's what they're going through is to meet somebody that has the same experience. They might have to go to a UFO conference, have the same experience, and to prove to themselves, you know, since we're still talking about burden of proof, they're to prove to themselves that there are other people out there that have experienced the same thing. I think that's the really challenging thing and the really sad thing for a lot of these people is they need they need assistance. They need they need help. They need. Um, someone to associate with. I, I personally, you know, I don't know if I've ever had uh, a UFO experience. I still have my suspicions on one of them, uh, but I'm going to have to go undergo hypnotic regression to see what happens. Um, and, you know, even I have a bit of fear about undergoing that. I don't know if I want to know. You know, I, maybe, maybe ignorance is bliss to a certain degree, and that's why they wipe our memories clean, because they don't want us to remember they don't want it to be brought to the forefront to cause us more isolation and more confusion and fear, you know? Um, so, what do you think on the burden of proof? Do you think we lack proof in ufology? People, you know, there's a saying that goes, to those who don't believe, no proof will ever be enough. And to those who believe, no proof is required. I think there's a fine middle ground there. I think if you have enough proof, those who have 
a scientific mind and an open mind can come together and have a joint understanding of what's going on. Um, you have to be open. You don't have to be so open that your brain spill out, but you can be open enough, even if you're you know, a person of 100% science, you be open enough to understand that there's so many people out there with the same experience that it can't just be a hallucination. And sometimes people come back with proof, marks on their bodies. You know, they come back with implants. People who I've talked about on my podcast have had their eyes taken out and had implants put in behind their eye. I mean, just wild, insane, crazy stuff that you just wouldn't believe unless somebody said it to you. Unless they could prove it. Anyway, those are my thoughts for today. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves, feeling like you're validated in this field of ufology, near-death experiences, paranormal, Bigfoot, alien, whatever whatever paranormal means to you, and that you have somebody out there that, that can understand, that, that feels the way you do, that feels like sometimes we're marginalized and sometimes people don't understand us, people brush us off. And that's okay. You know, we don't need approval. The, really, the burden of proof is on them to prove that our experiences don't happen. There's many of us that are living different lives and have different experiences and will never understand the other person and what they're going through. And that, that is the truth. And so live your truth. Live your life. Live your way. And, and, and live and move forward with trust, peace, honesty, and wisdom, and support. So I'll leave it at that. Hopefully you guys take care of yourselves spiritually, emotionally, physically. Following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourself. So today, got an interesting, very, very interesting topic, actually. Uh, is Bigfoot a fun-loving, hilarious, comedian-type species? So, I'm not joking about this, <laughs> despite the fact that I said Bigfoot was a comedian. No, but the, the thing is, is that Randy Kramer, who, as many of you know, is was part of the uh, Secret Space program, he did an interview, and uh, he talked about uh, his encounters with Bigfoot in the wild. And uh, he states that they are a very humorous, very comedic, very fun-loving species and this was the first time i'd ever really heard about that before now randy kramer has been kind of double triple quadruple verified like this guy is the real deal and he has he has gone into middle earth he's gone out into outer space he's been everywhere he's been he's been part of the 20 and back program the age regression program where they age regress you uh 20 years after you give your 20 years of experience and so like you know basically if you enter at 20 and you age to 40 they'll age regress you back to 20 again um and if you haven't heard about that i can do a podcast about that but 
Randy Kramer is the real deal. So what's interesting is he talks a lot about different alien species that he encounters, but a lot of people haven't heard about these uh, stories, so they're, they're kind of new. Um, and the cool thing to me is that he talks about the Sasquatch species being able to uh, be psionic. They have psi-like power, so not only um, do they have the capability to move things telekinetically, but they're also able to blink in and out of existence, in and out of the dimension, uh, at will, which kind of gives credence to the fact that they are the hide-and-seek champion of the world. So, you know, a lot of people joke about that. It's even on t-shirts, but it seems to be accurate. It seems to be pretty much true, and they, when they're caught on camera, they want to be caught on camera. They kind of give us little glimpses into their life, but they are mostly kind of like a remote species. They just kind of keep amongst themselves. They just want to uh, live on Earth and, and be alone. Now, Kramer also states that they've been here for 400,000 years at least. So that means that he, he states they consider this their home, that Earth is their home now, that they came from another planet for whatever reason. Um, he wasn't given that level of detail into their history but they came here they live here and they have lived here for thousands hundreds of thousands of years and they now consider consider this their home now what's interesting to me is that i've seen lots of television shows about bigfoot and not just like the bigfoot hunters but i'm talking about the shows that depict the actual events of individuals who have encountered bigfoot whether it's driving whether it's hiking and there's different experiences, just like there's different experiences with humans. Some indicate that Bigfoot is aggressive and has, and has bashed into the sides of vehicles. Um, a lot of stories come from Washington State, and one woman in, in Washington State stated that uh, she was driving on the highway, <clears throat> in, you know, and most of Washington is very foresty, um, and she stated that uh, a Bigfoot-like creature was bashing into her car, trying to bash it off the road, and she she was driving at 30 miles an hour. I mean, she was really cooking here, and she had tons of power behind her, and this thing was bashing into the side of her car. So, you know, when you hear stories like that, you, you might say, well, how can Bigfoot be a comedian if he's bashing into people's cars? Well, you know, there's different people for different, you know, different strokes for different folks. Maybe that Bigfoot felt like this vehicle was um, encroaching on its land, wanted to get it off its land, who knows. But I can definitely see how, how Bigfoot could be very comedic. I mean, let's face it, <clears throat> there have been a few that have actually kind of almost basically posed for pictures. Back in 2000, down in Florida, there was a woman who was able to capture uh, Bigfoot on film. Uh, well, actually, this one was actually called a skunk ape. So skunk apes are a little bit different than your tr traditional Bigfoot. The skunk apes are uh, more more look like an orangutan type, like hunched over, long hair, um, and black with a stripe sometimes. So the story goes like this. In 2002, photos of an alleged skunk ape were mailed to the Sheriff's Department in Sarasota, Florida. Now Sarasota is up by the Panhandle, right? These photos were reportedly taken by a woman who claimed to snap shots of the creature in her backyard. She claimed the creature stole apples from her, from a basket on her back porch during a three-night period. 
which kind of mimics what just happened to me. I just had a whole bunch of candy eaten out of my garage uh, by some animal, left hair everywhere. Might have been Bigfoot. Um, she said she believed the creature was an escaped orangutan, right? Gives credence to this kind of skunk ape, different, different kind of body posture. Um, each time she called the police to her house, each time the creature had fled by the time police arrived. Um, but the story behind the photos matches other tellings um, that involved the account of an escaped primate. Some skunk ape stories uh, recount wrecks of circus trains with monkeys fleeing from the destruction of the woods. But South Georgia also has their own story of, uh, of the skunk ape. They stated that uh, there's been uh, people who've reported... Uh, in very similar stories, uh, skunk ape and um, ape-like stories where they have this very distinct smell. The smell you will never forget. A smell that basically stays with you to the grave. And these these encounters will never <coughs> get lost amongst these people. Um, but what's interesting in the skunk ape story, you, if you just type in skunk ape uh, into Google... Or Skunk Gape 2000 Florida, right? Because these pictures were from 2000. You'll see these pictures. The, 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 the ape, the skunk ape, appears to just be posing for these photos. He's like, hey guys, what's going on? I'm right here, you know? And um, yeah, he might have been stealing apples. They got to survive. But um, that's just part of the uh, part of the phenomenon, part of the, the history, uh, the very rich history of Bigfoot. Now, I had done a podcast about a man who was kidnapped by Bigfoot. Uh, and I don't know if you heard that story or not. If you haven't, his name was Albert Ostman. Okay, he was a Canadian prospector who was abducted by a Sasquatch and held captive for six days. He was out camping in British Columbia, um, and he was abducted. And when he was abducted, the Sasquatch basically pulled him uh, in his sleeping bag uh, and picked him up across the country for three hours by this Sasquatch. Three hours on foot, man. Um, and then once he finally was dropped, a family of four Bigfoot Sasquatch uh, were hovering over him. The captors were two adults and two children, and Osman was held for six days. Uh, two of the big feet, uh, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call them, were eight feet tall. Um, Osman said that he had a gun on him, but he didn't pull the gun on him because they'd done no harm to him, even though they kidnapped him. And they gave him some sweet tasting grass to eat. Um, and after a while, he eventually gave uh, the male Bigfoot, the head of the family, some uh, snuff that he had, some tobacco, um, and it made him kind of woozy and dizzy. And uh, he was able to pass out and he was able to escape. Now, this story may or may not be true. Could have been a story to, that he made up for his wife to make an excuse for why he was gone for so long or something like that. But it is an interesting story. It's longer than what I gave you. But it lends itself to the credence that these these Bigfoot creatures are not evil. They're not mean-spirited. They're, they're chummy. They wanted, they wanted somebody to hang out with. He picked them up, kidnapped them. <laughs> I guess you know if you kidnap somebody, you're really not uh, really not quite friends with them. I guess, but um, you know for whatever reason, they didn't kill him, they didn't eat him, they didn't do harm to him. You know, um, 
and they had a communication method that they did communicate with. Uh, he stated that they communicated some verbally, um, and he was able to, you know, hear their language. Um, and then other reports of Bigfoot state that they're able to communicate psychically, telepathically. Um, what's interesting about Randy Kramer's story is that he states that they also have telekinesis. They're able to move things with their mind. They're able to blink in and out of existence. Now, you would think to be able to blink in and out of existence, you would have to have some sort of technology like around your wrist that they'd be carrying, like some sort of device in their hand. But the Patterson film doesn't show that Bigfoot having any devices on him or any devices that we can see him manipulating. Uh, or her. Uh, a lot of people state that it's a, a female. Um, so what's going on there, right? How are they able to blink in and out of existence if they don't have technology? Well, if they've evolved enough, if they're higher evolution than we are, they've been around longer, they can have the capability to manipulate energy around them. There's species out there Randy Kramer talks about that look very similar to us and can walk amongst us, no problem. Um, and we would never know the difference unless we're really looking for it, specific details. And then there's other species that have technology to make themselves appear as though they are uh, human. Uh, he recounted a statement um, that talks about this uh, or speaks to this point where three aliens walked into Las Vegas casino. Um, they large head kind of bulbous bald headed um and were very clear clearly seen on video and they sat down at the table um and then they left um but they racked up some decent amount of money the security team came down and talked to the one of the pit bosses and talked to the, the table dealer they said did you see those guys you see these huge huge heads they look like aliens and the table dealer said i don't know what you're talking about he said i just had a three guys here, you know, full head of hair, no problem. Uh, normal humans. So there's other species out there that can look like us with technology. And there's other species out there like hybrids and, and other species from other planets, uh, like the Pleiadians that look exactly like us. Um, so, you know, it's up to, it's up to the, to the specific species basically. But, um, I think that this new information about Bigfoot being, you know, a huge, a hilarious, his actual words, Randy Kramer and Emery Smith, uh, who was part of the Secret Space Program as well, um, was interviewing him. He both, they both state they're hilarious, they're humorous, they're the kind of species you'd like to sit down and have a beer with. They, they're good st storytellers, they're highly intelligent. Um, they, they obviously have this technology, but they just seem to be a very enjoyable species to just be around and, and spend some time with. Um, so wouldn't it be fascinating, you know, instead of like trying to hunt these guys down and, you know, you do have hunters out there looking for Bigfoot and they want to, you know, shoot these guys down and, and the species probably is aware of that. But wouldn't it be interesting if you had a group that went out there with the mentality and the mindset that we want to go out and, and just sit down, relax, have a beer, have a conversation with these guys and just chill out around the campfire. Wouldn't it be interesting if a, a group with that specific intention, mental intention that they're going to go out there, that where the Bigfoot can pick up on that intention and that vibration and know that you, they're going to be safe, 
and know that they can hang out with you, know that you're not going to try to capture them, not going to try to injure them. And wouldn't it be interesting if one day you could tell your grandchildren that you were able to sit down with Bigfoot, Bigfoot told you the best foot, best stories, the best jokes, the funniest uh, little details about their life, and that you were able to sit down at the campfire and have a beer with Bigfoot. Wouldn't that be an interesting story? Wouldn't that be something worth worth talking about? Instead of trying to take him out, chill out with Bigfoot. New information to me, probably new information to you guys. What would you talk about with Bigfoot? Would you talk about your favorite sports team? Would you talk about relationship advice? Would you talk about adventure? Would you ask them where they came from and what their planet was like and, you know, what their history was about? I think that would be probably the most fascinating thing is trying to find out what their history is and, you know, what they do today and what their goals are for the future and, and how they see uh, life moving forward from here on out. You know, that's something interesting to think about. Um, you know, because I think as if your parents or even if you're just, you know, single and, and don't have kids, you always think about the future of the planet, right? The future of what's going to happen and, and what what the goal of humanity is. And I think that's something to really take take to, take into heart is where humanity's going and um, where your species is going. And I think Bigfoot probably has the same same things on their mind as well, uh, especially if they're out there in the forest and they're, you know, definitely outnumbered um, by humans. Well, at least according to what we know. So, uh, but I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to just chill out Bigfoot, learn a little bit more about their history, learn, learn more about their goals and their desires and their dreams and kind of look to the future. Maybe there's a future where that happens. That'd be an interesting podcast, a future with Bigfoot, how they fit into society, you know, and how, how, how we adapt to society. Wouldn't that be interesting if they had a, a president from their society come forward and then you got President Biden and Bigfoot coming out to the podium talking about uh, a prosperous future together? Think about that for just a moment, how humorous that would be and how, I, I mean, it would never end. The conversation would never end if something like that happened. You think the Will Smith and Chris Rock slap was conversation enough? Oh, my God. A, a slap is nothing in comparison to Bigfoot coming out to the podium dressed to the nines in a suit and tie with uh, Biden and just uh, having a conversation out there. I think that would be hilarious and just nonstop, nonstop uh, fodder for communication and, and, and discussion. <laughs> But anyway, I'll leave you guys with that. What do you think? Future with Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot funny? And would you sit down and have a beer with Bigfoot around a campfire? Leave your comments in the comments section on Anchor. Uh, feel free to leave a comment on the TikTok and, uh, or Facebook. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. But I hope you guys are taking care of yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally. Following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Till next time, Lockdown Universe is out.